Welcome to the Feeling Better Podcast. My name is Maria, and I'm the host of this podcast and the author of the book, The Feeling Better 10-4 Program, that teaches you a practical, effective, inspirational 10-week program to help you overcome your compulsive gambling addiction. Thanks so much for being here. So, yeah, (laughs) the best laid plans of mice and men. If you didn't know, that's a Scottish poem by the author Robert Burns. I had to memorize that poem back in high school, and I still remember most of it. (laughs) Yeah, so my intention was this week to start the introduction to my new book, which I've officially named Imbalances, The Addict's Guide to Fixing Our Broken Lives. Pretty catchy, huh? So for those of you who are just tuning in, the first 15 episodes of my podcast, which I first launched back in late February, early March, is me reading verbatim from my book, The Feeling Better 10-4 Program, which is a step-by-step 10-week program that addresses addiction from the lens of a spiritual battle. So addiction, in my opinion, is always a spiritual attack. And there are various reasons for the spiritual attack, but there is always, always purpose in it and a reason why God allowed it to happen. And I get that there's people out there that don't believe in God and that's totally okay. And you don't have to believe in God in order to be healed by my content. But, you know, you absolutely have the right as a human being to believe whatever you want. It's called free will. No one's going to make you do what you don't want to do. And it's not my intention to convert you. That's not why I'm here. I've said that before. But I will tell you with absolute truth and conviction and understanding that God is real. God is real. And Satan is real. And Satan is known for being the father of lies and deception. He's a master at it. One of the greatest tricks the devil ever played is convincing the world that he didn't exist, right? That he doesn't exist. That's the greatest trick he ever played that most people don't believe he even exists. The second greatest thing he ever did was convincing the world that God doesn't exist. And he succeeded pretty darn well at that, to be honest. There are a lot of people out there that don't believe in God at all. And there are a lot of people out there who will say they believe in a higher power or some type of divine creator or that there's something out there, but it's so vague and they don't really give it much thought and they certainly don't live their lives by it. So it's just some sort of, I don't know. I I really don't know. I I don't really understand that line of thinking because I just don't get how there could be a, a God that they believe in or kind of believe in, but don't really acknowledge as being God. I mean, to create the entire universe and all of humanity, you have to be pretty darn powerful, right? Anyways, and like I've said before, the third greatest trick that the devil ever played was for those that do believe in God to convince them that God loves everyone and everyone gets a happy life after life in heaven and that the devil has nothing to do with them, that he's only there to mess with truly evil people like Hitler or Stalin or that dude who invented the little plastic pull-on ketchup bottles that you can't ever actually open, so you need to stab with a knife. That guy, yeah, (laughs) I know where he's spending eternity. But with all seriousness, though, my first book helps you to get out of the deep, dark pit of addiction. 
And the second book that I'm writing as I go about imbalances was supposed to have an introduction this week for you. But uh, there's so much that I want to say. And as I'm writing it, I, I feel God with me, but I feel really distracted and scattered. Like, like I know he's trying to speak to me. I know his words are there in me. But a few things. One, it's my birthday week. My birthday was yesterday as I record this. And so, uh, yeah, and, and we've got like people coming over this weekend and we had people over last weekend. I'm making a big dinner this weekend. And so I had to go shopping for it today. And on top of that this week, I had the amazing blessing of getting an offer letter from one of the employers that I was interviewing with. And it's a good one. It's a good one. It's not like the most money I've ever made, but it's not terrible by any means. And they have decent benefits. And it's a reputable company. And I'm going to be doing sales. And it's in an industry that I've done before. So I think I mentioned this, that I would be doing a little bit of travel with some of the conferences that I'm familiar with that I've done before and would be seeing some old friends and colleagues at these conferences. And it's a good job. It's a good job. I'm very grateful for it. It's not incredibly amazing, but it's not something I'm I'm dreading or don't feel competent to do. So uh, it was kind of a grueling interview process, but I think I'm really going to enjoy it. But anyway, so uh, I had that this week and like, I'm not going to lie. So for transparency's sake, because this is a gambling addiction podcast, this is the first time in my entire life where I felt a little bit of trepidation filling out the background check information because (laughs) my credit score is in the toilet right now. Any kind of financial background check would just be terrifying, I think, to anyone who saw it. And I do believe they are doing that. The online form that I had to fill out was extremely extensive. Like I had to give them the last seven years of everything, where I lived, where I worked, different payroll companies I've used and all of that. And uh, I mean, it was like everything short of my my banking and fingerprint information. So I'm a little nervous. I've never worried about that before in my entire life. You know, I've never had like any type of criminal record or anything. And so I don't know if jobs these days right now look at that as as something that I mean, I can't imagine they wouldn't hire me. I I guess if it came up and they were, I mean, I just, I don't know, I can't even imagine that scenario, but I'm curious to know if anyone's ever had any experience with that. But if they did come to me and say, "Uh, what the heck is this? I would just be perfectly honest with them. Um, Yeah, I had a very tough year, fell into a bit of a gambling addiction, (laughs) more than a bit, but fell into a gambling addiction and um, had some real struggles financially. And uh, I'm past that, but yeah, I've I've got some work to do. You know, here's the thing: about a month or maybe six weeks ago, maybe it was two months ago. I don't even know now. Time flies so fast. I have no idea. I have no concept of time. But I had told you all that I had called the individual credit card companies and was working with them individually, and it kind of sucks because I just wasn't able to keep it up. I just was not able to keep it up. We just didn't have the kind of money available to continue that. And that kind of just really sucked because, uh, yeah, my choices are just continue status quo, which 
everything's in collections at this point. Nothing is current. And, you know, the calls all have all started back up and everything. But also, I guess bankruptcy is still an option. And I just can't really wrap my head around any of that right now. You know, I know it's completely irresponsible and unethical to just completely default and not pay. And that's what bankruptcy's for. You know, I know Brian Hatch has talked about that too, and that it it's there for a reason. And gambling addiction debts are something that can be claimed or used as, you know, a reason for bankruptcy. But I just I don't know. I don't have the mental capacity for it. So anyways, long story short, if that comes up as a red flag for them, uh, I'll be honest with them. And I would think it would be a little unorthodox or strange for them to not hire me because of that. But on the other hand, too, they do provide me with a company credit card for traveling, I think. At least I assume they do. They have lots of reps. So Maybe they do that for that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just putting it in God's hands right now. So anyways, my point is that uh, it's been a really crazy week. So I've had that going on. I've had all kinds of paperwork and conversations and things for that. So praise God for that. I'm super grateful. I'm blessed. I'm really, 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 really grateful to be back at work again, to be doing that again. So I start work at the end of the month. Uh, gives me a few weeks to kind of <laughs> get back in that mode. But you know, I don't want to. I don't want to shortchange this book, and I have lots of things marinating in my head about what I want to say in this introduction. And I've kind of got the outline planned out in my head and everything. But there are some things I really want to talk about, and I, I don't want to shortchange it. So I'm not going to provide the introduction this week. That'll happen next week. Okay, I, I promise you, next Sunday. God willing, if I don't get hit by a bus, I will provide the introduction and I think you're really going to like it. So that introduction is going to tell you how the book came about and why it's so crucial, why it's critical to recovery and how it's very holistic in the fact that it will make your life better all the way around, not just with your gambling addiction and ensuring that doesn't happen again or that you don't have relapses, but also really aligning yourself with the way that God intended you to live. And I mean that with all of my heart. So anyways, it's really late. It's like 1030. (laughs) I have this little kind of uh, makeshift studio outside in our barn. And I told my husband I was going out to record. And he's like, what? I'm going to bed. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I won't be long. But I have to get something out there because I know you all come to listen on Sundays, and I so appreciate you. And I don't want to just skip a Sunday and not put something out there for you to listen to. I had a really great call this week as well with one of my listeners. She knows who she is. I'm not going to name names, but it was an awesome call. And I have some really amazing listeners. And it's really interesting how my demographic is kind of shaping itself out. I had other conversations with a friend of mine, and he's a business colleague of mine, he was my coach, one of my mentors back in the day, but I was chatting with him a little bit too and was just kind of talking about, I have no idea where I was going with this. This is why I can't record this late at night because I've got no brain power left. Um, oh, we were talking about, because uh, we're both from sales, so we were talking about like who our personas are of our customer base and or our clients or whatever, you know, and 
And I guess in a way, even though you don't buy anything from me, you're still my, I wouldn't use the word customers because I feel like you're all my friends. But there's definitely a a demographic shaping out of maybe middle-aged women, you know, 30 to 55 or so in a middle class or maybe even upper middle class situation. It's really interesting to me how many women have reached out to me who are married with kids or some without kids, but who live a very normal life doing very normal jobs that their friends or family would never even know that they had a gambling addiction. And I don't know, it's kind of funny. I'm really starting to see that the 18 to 25-year-old bracket is mostly young men, boys, guys who are in college who are doing sports betting and maybe dabbling in blackjack and stuff like that, but uh, or poker or whatever they do. But the middle-aged women demographic, the like 30 or 35 to 55, that really seems to be a group of problem gamblers that are hung up on the slots, right? The online slots. And it's interesting. So this conversation I had with this gal, she's just lovely. And she was telling me that um, she was trying to go to, she went, and she still is going to GA meetings, but they're typically older guys who were like, you know, going to the racetrack or went to the physical casinos. And even though she's getting you know some benefit from that, she's like, I just can't relate to them. And she's a Christian as well. I, you know, I'm really getting almost every email or form that gets filled out anonymously tells me that my listeners are primarily Christians, which is in one sense awesome. You know, it's, it's so great that you have that foundation of faith. But on the other hand, my heart breaks for you because I know that struggle is even worse when you feel that disconnect inside, when the Holy Spirit grieves inside you for that. You know what I mean? Uh, I've been listening lately to an amazing preacher. If you don't know Vodi Bokum, I'm not sure how to say his last name. It's funny. I don't think anybody's actually ever said his last name, but he is just this this big, he's, he's black. He's got this like very commanding voice. And he is a vessel of God, 1,000% a vessel of God. He speaks the truth. I feel that so distinctly. Like you can tell, right? If you're a Christian, you know who's speaking the truth and who isn't. Uh, I shouldn't say that. Maybe not everybody knows because there are a lot of people who are deceived out there. But um, I like to think that I have that, and I'm grateful for it. I take no credit for it. But God has given me that insight to see and to discern who speaks his word in the truth, right? Like the pastor I talked about at my church, you know, I could tell right away, this this guy doesn't have it. Uh, and for some reason, maybe he did at one point, but he lost it. But anyway, Vadi Bakum, if that's how you say his name, he is amazing. And I was listening to, I mean, I just was like binging his videos. And I was listening to one on brokenness. And I really urge you, if if your heart's grieving, if you're feeling some sorrow, if you're struggling with the sin or the relapse, or if you're you're fighting depression or fighting your inner in your own inner spirit in that battle, go listen to that. 
because it's really eye-opening. He starts off by basically saying that, you know, we've become this world who abhors brokenness, that the second you feel something bad, you go to the doctor. I mean, just look at the state of COVID right now, right? I mean, it's like anytime somebody has a sniffle, they go get tested and they go, they get on all these meds and stuff. And it's like, um, yeah, when we were kids, oh, gosh, I mean, we got sick all the time, all the time. And we didn't go to the doctor unless we were like, I mean, can I honestly say I recall ever going to the doctor when I was sick? I, I can't. I mean, we did like our well visits and stuff like that or school physicals, but my parents did not take us to the doctor. I, I mean, I broke a bone once, of course, I went to the doctor then. And maybe there was a time when I had like strep throat or something or really bad ear infection, but you know, we got sick. That's what you do. It's good to get sick because you build up immunity that way. Fevers are good. You know what I mean? It's all that's part of God's design for the body is to get that, build the immunity, and it strengthens your immune system. Anyways, I'm rabbit trailing. Don't mean to get off on that rabbit trail. But uh, Vadi was saying is that we've become this world that sees brokenness as a really, really bad thing, that the second anything breaks, you fix it right away with, you know, whatever pill or medication or therapy or whatever, and you label yourself or you throw it away. Something breaks, you throw it away. Like we've become this immediately fix it or throw it out kind of society. And he tells us that it's it's okay to be broken. That brokenness, if you're broken because of sin, that's a good thing because it's your spirit recognizing with the Holy Spirit the sin that's inside you, right? It's a it's an awareness thing. If you're not broken and you're sinning, if you're not broken from the things that have happened in your life, there's something wrong there. There's a disconnect there. Anyway, um, I've been binging his videos and it's been amazing. So he he's been helping me to refine some of this insight about imbalance. I mean, there's an infinite number of imbalances out there, but I'm going to focus, like I said before, on 10 very acute, very big imbalances, and then 10 kind of low-grade, under-the-radar, almost maybe don't really recognize them sort of imbalances that are long-term and just kind of degrade at your soul, at your spirit, and, and cause you to have a bit of a broken life over time, especially if they're compounded more than one. So anyway, my apologies, dear friends, for not doing the introduction this week, but I really want to rock it out. Like I want to knock your socks off next week. I want you to come back next Sunday and go, oh yeah, that was worth delaying another week, Maria. We forgive you for that one. So anyway, yeah, I have a lot of work to do, so I probably need to sign off because I've got laundry in there and I've got food marinating and all kinds of stuff. So thank you all for listening. I so appreciate it. And make sure you're back here next Sunday for the introduction to Imbalances, the Addict's Guide to Fixing Our Broken Lives. God bless you all. Stay safe and I'll see you next week. Like home.